Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode in our summer series titled Thanksgiving for Response to the Gospel, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we are in the books of the Bible that, book for book, speak considerably more about the end times and Christ taking us up before the tribulation period. It is my hope to not only shed more light on this subject, but to also open much of the rich resources that come with that in these two books. These two books are jam-packed with content to be understood, so I will need to be selective in what we examine and leave a lot for another study in another time. In last week's episode, Thanksgiving for Response to the Gospel, Part 1, we started our long-term summer series. It is found in First and Second Thessalonians. We will continue this examination in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As we noted last week, these ten verses end on a rather sober note. The last section after the comma reads, Jesus our Deliverer from the Coming Wrath. That is an impressive statement, spoken as almost an addendum to all that was said seemingly as a greeting. We will see just how powerful a statement that is as we continue our examination of this passage this week. This week, we will continue our examination in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, now reading verses 6 through 10. So, let's start. Scripture reads, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, when you received the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you, the message of the Lord has echoed forth, not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place. Reports of your faith in God have spread, so that we do not need to say anything. For people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, our Deliverer from the coming wrath. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6-10 through 10. Notice how the thought continues from verse 5. And you became imitators of us, and of the Lord, 
when you receive the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Quoting commentary, You became imitators of us. This does not mean that they became followers of Paul, Silas, and Timothy in the sense that they had set themselves up as teachers or as the head of a sect, but that they imitated their manner of living. From Barnes New Testament Notes That is very interesting. The followers of Paul, Silas, and Timothy imitated their, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, imitated their manner of living. Do we do that kind of thing today? Or do we simply try to seem as lookalikes in an unintentional way, maybe, but a deceptive individual way? Tough questions to answer here in America, where we tend to be more look-alikes than true imitators of what we see and hear. We do not imitate well or at all what we learn in the United States. We imitate it as if it was who we are or need to become. In America, it becomes our identity and, quote, who we are, end quote. So we are not imitators with individual identity. Being individuals with individual identity, imitating what we read in the Bible and see in other brothers and sisters, is a part of our true calling in Christ. In America, we lose our identity as we allow ourselves to be absorbed into a body of believers. Notice, again, how commentary opened. This does not mean that they became followers of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. In America, we seldom do what is being called out here in commentary. Imitation of teachers in anything American is allowing our identity to change so we seem to be more like the offspring of those who taught us what we learned. Many workplaces in America work this way and even teach newcomers to the workforce to be identical. Workers are reduced to being a number rather than allowed to be a person doing a job while working well together with others. In America, as we learn, we are to become imitators of that which we are learning. However, and this is key. We should not lose ourselves or our identity in becoming such imitators. This is the point commentary is making, regardless of how critical it may sound to some of you. So, if imitation, without losing oneself, is the object, then who or what is it we should imitate? An overly obvious question, as the answer is Christ alone. Quoting You also learned to imitate him. From this it is evident that the manner in which the Savior lived was a prominent topic of their preaching, 
and also that it was one of the means of the conversation of the Thessalonians. It is probable that preaching on the pure and holy life of the Lord Jesus might be made a much more important means of the conversation of sinners than it is. Nothing is better adapted to show them the evil of their own guilty lives than the contrast between their lives and his, and nothing can be conceived better fitted to win them to holy living than the contemplation of his pure and holy deportment. From Barnes New Testament Notes Simply put then, commentary tells us that imitating Jesus, regardless of how well we can do that, is the heart of imitation and not imitating others we can see around us or in our present church body. I know many of you will disagree with that statement. However, if we are to imitate someone as our source of spiritual demeanor, deportment, and living, should it not be Jesus who is perfect and not our imperfect brothers and sisters? No disrespect to them at all. This is no disrespect to our valuable and needed brothers and sisters. We can learn much from each other. However, we need to be careful that our imitation of them is exactly that and not copying our brothers and sisters so we become clones instead of individual believers in Christ. In that regard, we merely help our brothers and sisters along the same way we are all walking. I have things that are inherent to who I am, and as a result, do well, easily, and mostly without error. Others around me do not, but are just as equally capable in other things. This is how we help those around us who find difficulty in walking out their faith. Where I am strong and another is not, my strength supports and helps them move forward on the same path, leading us home with Jesus one day soon. Commentary reads, With joy of the Holy Ghost. With happiness produced by the Holy Ghost, Though they were much afflicted and persecuted, yet there was joy. There was joy in their conversation, in the evidence of pardoned sin, in the hope of heaven. However, great may be the trials and persecutions experienced in receiving the gospel, or however numerous and long the sufferings of the subsequent life in consequence of having embraced it, there is a joy in religion that more than overbalances all, and that makes religion the richest of all blessings. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice what this commentary passage says. 1. There was joy in their conversation. 2. There was joy found in the evidence of pardoned sin. And three, it was known in the hope 
they had of heaven. These three things helped them stand in the face of great trials, tribulations, and persecutions experienced in receiving the gospel personally. However numerous, however long the sufferings of the new life in Christ, in consequence of having embraced true salvation. Meaning, simply, the joy of their conversation was the evidence of pardoned sin providing the hope they had in heaven and the spiritual promises made in Scripture that they would realize as they grew spiritually. In Scripture, we read further, As a result, you became an example to all the believers of Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you, the message of the Lord was echoed forth not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place reports of your faith in God have spread so that we do not need to say anything. For people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Notice what Scripture says about the Thessalonians who became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you the message of the Lord has echoed forth, not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place reports of your faith in God have spread, so that we do not need to say anything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 Verse 8. Wow! When was the last time you heard this said of your church? Leastwise, in the United States. I have yet to hear anyone say this about any church I have attended, regardless of my level of service with them and in them. My working to help the church I attended to move in this direction was thwarted always as not being that which the church ascribed. This grew like a sickness to leave the American church where it is today. This is why the silver lining in this coronavirus cloud just may be the true awakening of God's true believing body. It is said of Macedonia and Achaia the following. First, in Macedonia. Thessalonica was an important city of Macedonia. Their influence would be felt on the whole of the surrounding region. This is a striking instance of the effect which a church in a city may have on the country. The influence of a city church may be felt and will usually be felt afar on the other churches of a community, just as, in all other respects, a city has an important influence on the country at large. And Achaia. Achaia proper was the part of Greece of which Corinth was the capital. The word, however, was sometimes so used as to comprehend the whole of Greece and in this sense it seems to be employed here, as there is no reason 
to suppose that their influence would be felt particularly in the province of which Corinth was the center. Cope observes that Macedonia and Achaia were the two provinces into which all Greece was divided when it was brought under the Roman yoke, the former of which comprehended Macedonia proper. Illyricum, Epirus, and Thessaly, and the other Greece properly so called. The meaning here is, therefore, that their influence was felt on all the parts of Greece, that their piety was spoken of, and the effect of their conversation had been felt in all those places. From Barnes' New Testament Notes It should also be noted for historical value that Thessalonica was a commercial city and a seaport, so it might be thought of as rich given it had two prosperous forms of income. In America, when was the last time we could see this kind of impact? When was the last time we could see such dramatic and dynamic spread of churches and real saved men and women of God? It is said of these churches further, they were not only followers of Christ and his apostles, whom they took for examples of faith, holiness, courage, meekness, and patience, but they were patterns of good works and of suffering afflictions to other believers, even to all that knew them or heard of them, particularly in Macedonia, as at Philippi and other places, though the gospel was first preached there, and they had received it, and a gospel church state was formed there. Yet these were more forward in the exercise of grace and discharge of duty, and were even examples to them to copy after. So the first are sometimes last, and the last first. And in Achaia, another part of Greece, the metropolis of which was Corinth, where there also was a very considerable church. But these saints at Thessalonica set them an example in many things, and particularly in acts of benevolence and liberality, being one of the churches of Macedonia spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Notice what the commentary passage said. In part it reads, particularly in Macedonia, as at Philippi and other places, though the gospel was first preached there, and they had received it, and a gospel church state was formed there. Even in, quote, the Jesus movement, end quote, portion that occurred in the United States, no, quote, gospel church state was formed there, end quote. There, in this case, being America. To be fair, we did come close, but we never made it. Quote, the Jesus movement, end quote, 
did surge and was nationally known as it was a great change in what then was present-day America. However, by the early 70s, the Jesus movement was showing more signs of why it should not be trusted as humans gained more of its control and thus the leftover influence it had until it was called corrupt by all. A very sad thing that has left America spiritually short ever since. This is not to say America is totally without spiritual influence. However, it no longer has the regard it once had in the days of the Jesus movement. Looking at America now, just where are we? The obvious is, we are both physically and spiritually sick. With regard to our spirituality, I ask this question, where is it? Where is the influential healing power of God working through His people, laying hands on the sick and seeing them well immediately? Even if we cannot lay hands on the sick these days, where is the powerful prayers for healing spoken by His people? Do we even believe it is possible anymore? If we do not seek God in His forgiveness, then try in praying for healing, we will never know if it is at all possible again. The final verse is a continuation of verse 9, so I will read them together to maintain the continuity of the Scripture. For they themselves announce concerning us what kind of entrance we have to you, and how you had turned to God from the idols to serve the true and living God, and to await his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, the one delivering us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9-10 through 10, From Green's Literal Translation For people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, our Deliverer from the coming wrath. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9-10 through 10. Notice that each translation says, Wrath to come, or coming wrath. So, here and now, we are not there yet. We have time to change. We can repent and move forward in the name of our Lord Jesus. If we are really saved in Christ, we anxiously, quote, await His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, end quote. Why? Because the name of Jesus is the one delivering us from the wrath to come. Next week, we will start to examine Paul's ministry in Thessalonica in chapter 2. Verse 7 in chapter 2 is the middle of a thought that reads, Although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ, 
Instead, we became little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. When were those ahead and above you ever like that? Lay or download next week's episode titled Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain, hosted at site 123, is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who was able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, 
through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.